What did you say? Well, but a sick dread. What? Well, but a sick dread. <laughs> <laughs> A pleasant good day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You know what it is, is another episode of Well Mother Sick. And it's been a while. Um I'm gonna be trying to become more consistent with these um Well Mother Sick episodes. I know there's a fan base that love these episodes because whatever what I break down in these shows and you know the different topics I tackle. So, um, if you would like to advertise on this show or Erinco or any other um, content on the Original People Network, please feel free to email us at the Original People Network at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All the how and those will be in the description. And let's get to today's lesson. So today, we'll be tackling something that's been very near and dear to my heart. And I would like to speak on it as it pertains to ownership of... I know we, we talk a lot about ownership on what mother sick, but ownership of an intellectual property. As well as, you know, this topic that I'm about to tackle today can be cut up in numerous ways. Also, recognition, you know, of those who make contributions to your um, community or industry, whether where, whatever industry it may be. Also, not forgetting your predecessors that came before you. And also, it could come into a little bit of others seeing your trash as treasure but let me let me just you know give you the title of this episode the title of this episode is called joseph spence the joseph spence technique and for those of you who don't know who joseph spence is he's a legendary guitarist from the bahamas he was born in 1910 and died in 1984. Um, his his like his trademark is the way he, he played the guitar. Um, hold on. I made notes. You know, some say he offered wonderful example of how one man combined individual inspiration and talent with regional musical traditions to cre- to create a seminal guitar style. Um, The influential guitarist was well into his late 40s when he met folklorist Sam Charters and Anne Danberg Charters recorded him playing it to an impromptu audience of friends and neighbors on a porch in Fresh Creek Settlement on a small Mahaman island of Andres in 1958. Charters meeting with Spence was both fortuitous and consequential 
During the summer of 1958, the charters were doing field work on the remote, desperately poor island of Andres. Sitting from sediment and sediment along the coast on a small, locally made fishing sloop, they, found, they hoped to find and record traditional Bahamian music that had not been influenced by either tourism or the popular calypso music of neighboring Trinidad. As Sam Charters recalled in his linear notes to Joseph Spence, the complete folk ways recording is 1958 when you go into a new part of the world with a tape recorder to look for music you always dream that someday you might find a new performer who will be so unique and so exciting that their music will have an effect on anybody who hears it any of the few times it ever happened to me was in front of was in our first few weeks in the fresh creek settlement of andrews when we went out one day at about noon, some men were working on the foundation of a new house, and as we came close to them, we could hear guitar music. It was some of the most exuberant, spontaneous, and uninhibited guitar playing we had ever heard. But all we could see was a man in a faded shirt and rumpled khaki trousers sitting on a pile of bricks. I was so sure two guitars were playing that I went along the path to look on the other side of the wall to see where the other man was sitting. We had just met Joseph Spence. Interesting. Um, when I can stop there, I, I got this information from folkways.si.es. Well, folkways.si.edu. I don't know what's going on with me today. This is, um, I, I would guess they are part of the Smithsonian, where some of Joseph Spence's masters are on, you know, which I will get into later on. But what I really want to get into, Joseph Spence, you know, a legendary figure. Most Bahamians really don't know him. He had many exploits, similar to Bert Williams, who I spoke about it in the past podcast you know legendary Bahamian no one really knows him no one knows about his achievements he made it a name for himself in North America to where to this day they're, they're still teaching his signature guitaring style called the Joseph Spence Technique at universities as far as Harvard, because I believe, um, let me go back to the next article. Yeah, when when um, Elijah Wall first saw Joseph Spence, he was in a, at a concert in Harvard University, um, and that's what went. That's what prompted him to start teaching the guitar stylings of Joseph Spence. Um, so this Bahamian reached the highest of heights but unfortunately he died as a watchman or security guard at a primary school and he had no successor no one really knows who owns his estate or no one really knows who his family is or who even is keeping his memory alive but um I say that all to say that oftentimes in our culture, we find things, we we don't appreciate them until someone else sees them as gold. 
and then they exploit us. Now, because we haven't taken the necessary precautions in securing the ownership of our own IP or even seeing opportunity within ourselves, we always sell it out for cheap. Now, this might not be the scenario that Joseph Spence Tucky might have just been a man, you know, a couple of white people came to Andres, he worked on a house and say, oh, we could take you to States and you could perform. And, you know, I don't want to say, you know, they they basically used him or exploited him. But, you know, in the Arnold's of history, it was show as such that depending on who tells the tale, that these people discovered a talent in which no one else knew because that's what they was looking for. And oftentimes in life, we have the talent within ourselves and we get too comfortable trying to wait for someone else to discover within us or give us an opportunity. Instead of us going ahead and gaining an opportunity for ourselves. You know, I mean, back in the time when they discovered Joseph Spence was in the 50s, um, the Bahamas still is a third world country, but it was, you know, a former British colony, which was poor in that time. It had enacted, made a deal with the governor of the Bahamas at that time, made a deal with the U.S. president. Because uh, the 50s, I mean, we were still on the contract during that time. But in the 40s, when World War II was happening, the governor of the Bahamas at the time made a deal with the U.S. president to allow Bahamian men to come to the U.S., to work uh, for a, uh, a period, I believe the contract extended from the 40s into the 60s, so almost 20 years, where you know Bahamian men left the Bahamas in order to gain an income for their families, and you know they worked. They worked in. He was even my grandfather. He was a part of the contract, so they worked in um, on plant, not plantations, but they worked on farms and stacking houses, and you know a lot of the blue collar factory type work while you know the world war ii was going on so um this was the how the bombers at that at that time was you know you're still let me turn this down so that's how the bombers was at that time we were still in the colonial era, well, the last remnants of the colonial era, because just about in the next 20 years, we would gain independence. If that, probably, yeah, next 15 to 20 years. So, you know, we, we already was trained to all of our resources has to have to come from those of the dominant society who have, you know, the Europeans. So... You know, but let's highlight uh, the accomplishments of Joseph Spence because, um, you know, all the articles that I'm reading, they just they just clamor of his exploits and, you know, the way how he played the guitar. Like it was something that they had never thought was even even exist on the earth uh, you know um and they clamored to like i'm saying to you to this day 
you can go on YouTube right now. Actually, I'm about to do that right now. And you could Google um, Joseph Spence technique. And then there's a video. Again, Elijah Wall teaching. So, now that I'm back. So, it's like, it's amazing how we, you know, like it goes back. Someone who you probably did not know. Did not even think of what never was taught about. And people are still trying to emulate him. After like he's been dead from 1984, but you still have videos. Like I'm telling you, go on YouTube. And you will still find well this guy Elijah Wald still making money off of trying to teach people how to play like Joseph Spence. And it's crazy. You know, um, And it's amazing how I also think about the point. It's amazing how we oftentimes try to be like other people when other people are trying to be like us. We have all the ability in the world. We have, we may feel that we don't have the resources, but all you really need is your hands and your imagination. And we want to be like people that want to be like us. <laughs> That's funny to me, bro. It's funny. Like, you know, um, I don't know. If, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, um, any Bahamian musicians out there, you might want to play, especially the guitarist. You might want to play like some famous American um, guitarist from some rock band or um, so any band from the 80s or 70s or 90s or whatever, but you are people that look like them want to be like you. <laughs> they want to copy someone that was born in the same space and had an original style. They trying to copy the original and when you trying to copy the copy. I don't know how that makes sense. But the Joseph Spence technique is a cautionary tale in understanding self-value. Because I'm not again, I ain't saying this probably may how Joseph Spence may I feel or whatever. I don't know. But what I take from you know uncovering his story is that hey, if I create anything, anything, I might have the paperwork. I have the proper documentation to make sure that my estate, my family, um, all of that is owned under my estate. And my generations of kids and kids will be covered. Because right now, according to my research, I, I believe the Smithsonian owns his masters. And most of you guys are wondering, what is the, what is the Smithsonian? Well, the Smithsonian is the world's largest museum and research complex. And I was told recently, too, the Smithsonian has uh, exhibit where they have basically you can get a feel of what a junk in Russia looks like. And I saw, spoke about that on um, Agents of Chaos 
podcast like two weeks ago when he when um ruckus told me about this exhibit and i'm like bro this isn't the first time that the smithsonian has some bahamian artistry inside that museum this is the second occasion because joseph spence to my knowledge has been the first so with that if we live in a culture where we have notable exports that's how I like to call it because we like to import everything. We like to import food. We like to import culture. We like to import people to do the jobs that people here can do. We import everything, but we don't export nothing. Because we feel like we don't have nothing to offer the world. But that's a mistake if you think that. Because throughout history, we've been shown to be originators and innovators. It's just that we don't claim ownership of our art form. And we don't understand the concepts of attaining generational wealth. And to think that what we're doing is so minuscule, it won't matter generations from now. And I show you that's wrong. Because, okay, Joseph Spence been, has died, like he's been dead since 1984. We are in 2020. So there's about 40 years 36 to 40 years have passed since he, he died. 40 years is a whole generation. So, you know, his kids probably would say, like, you know, if he had, I don't know whatever happens to his children, but his children should have grandkids by now. So that's three generations after him already, but have existed since his death. But are they benefiting from the royalties and the arts, the guitaring style that many people have? co-opted and make money from produce whole books dvds have his estate made any money from it i ask you because that don't make no sense to me that you have this great mind with this great craft people still exploiting the craft and exploiting the style but you see nothing from it and that's the cautionary tale of most things inside of Bahamian society. Just like the guy, I can't remember his name. The guy who built all of the metal crafts that you can see throughout the, Bahamian, the islands of the Bahamas that are on various roundabouts. He didn't get paid for any of that. All he just said, you know, make sure kids go to college. But it's like. I understand you want to be good, um, you know, good willed with that. I understand you want to be, you know, a you know, inspire the youth and give back to your community. But it has to come a time where we wise up and understand the world that we live in, and understand that if you don't claim any ownership for your own art, someone else will. No matter how good-hearted you want to be claim ownership you know copyright you know because again yeah you, you might have a good i want to send kids to college what if your grandkids can't go to college and they probably and that could have been a possibility if you had licensed out your, your um art style and got paid for those sculptures if you had copyrighted your art style and yeah yeah, a stringing pattern and you know, hide your estate. Oh, 
you know, retain ownership of it instead of the Smithsonian and they making money off of you. Come on. So, you know, we got to learn the lessons of ownership. Everybody trying to take ownership except us. That's why I am totally against, um, you know, if you work for somebody and no matter what, it's like, bro, retain some of them ideas for yourself. Like give those what they want. Give under season was doing the season, but IP is something that you always want to retain. You don't want to give the idea to no one, especially if it's something that's really tangible. It's like, you know, a, an idea could be just an idea if it's like, you know, ain't nothing specific, but more so if you implement the idea and that and as, you know, grows a return, then that's something that you should always fear and be concerned about because now it's like, okay, if you create something, you don't all right own it, but it starts to build capital on its own, then you have issues on who gets the residuals from that so for me most of my great ideas i create platforms to bring them to i i often thought about starting a podcast on someone else's platform and just trying to be a facilitator and help to build it but i realized a long time ago after you know being rejected or shut down or people saying they didn't have a chance i might as well bet on myself and on my own so I don't have to ask nobody for nothing. And if it is a partnership in the later future, I retain ownership of my intellectual property. Period. Regardless of whatever I do. Or whatever, because these ain't the times to be ignorant anymore or whatever. People had the opportunity to be ignorant in the past when it came to ownership. But we are not afforded that luxury in today's world. We are around too much information to know better. And that's just straight across, across the board. Like, you know. <sighs> but all I got to say is, well, mother sick. Thank you for listening to me going on another rant. Sometimes I be feel like, you know, I ain't even really giving y'all any new information or, you know. But. I just want to thank you for you know taking this little drive with me. You know, we under lockdown. If you're here in the Bahamas or, you know, worldwide, we still under a pandemic. And I'm going to make some episodes to talk about a little bit about that. Um, but, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the rest of your day. If you like to sponsor this program or any other program on the Original People Network, please feel free to email us at the original people network at gmail.com or slide in our dms on any of our social media handles peace and love yeah you see <laughs>